0: all right prayer all earthly things with earth will fade away the prayer grasps eternity But i'm convinced of this god does not hear prayer he hears desperate prayer prayer is not a position do the knees? prayer is not a position it's a disposition you get to the place where you'd rather sweat you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence You'd rather God whisper a speaker into your heart that breaks you than somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. So we're diving into our second week on prayer, and uh, prayer, as we're going to get into today, is all about relationship so I was just thinking uh, real quick, how many of you in this room have ever been in love? Oh, yes. If you're at any age at all, you've experienced being in love. Now, if that's the case, think about this for a second. There was a day, okay, all of you who are married to remember this? There was a day when that person that you were falling in love with was predominant in all of your thinking, They were predominant in everything in your life. When I thought back again with my wife Susie, it's crazy the amount of time that you find in your busy schedule for someone when you're in love, right? It's amazing how much money you'll spend on someone when you're in love. And it's amazing what you'll give up. My wife gave up her dreams me. I literally call myself, I'm the dream killer basically for Susie. She had two very, like whenever she thought about being married, she had these two long-term visions and it ain't me. So um, the beautiful thing about that, think about this, my wife gave up her dreams because somehow she fell in love with me. You know what happens when you fall in love with somebody? You are saying, I want you more than anything else. Remember that. I want you. But here's what you're actually saying, is I want us. I want us more than anything else. I want to share my life with you. And I am begging that you would share your life with me. And when you get to that point, when you're saying that, you, are literally, you will literally say, I want you more than anything. Jesus revealed to us that the very core and essence of what it means to be human is to be an incredible intimate love relationship with God. God is love, his very nature. Jesus, God in the flesh came down to say, when we talked about this last week, who is God? And people have all these crazy ideas about God, but Jesus said, God is a father who loves you so much. Now think about this, that he's saying, I want you more than anything (laughs) to the point where I will give up my son and sacrifice him because I want you that bad. And Jesus, and the reason we worship him here, if you're visiting, if you wonder why do we actually gather like this every week and center our lives around Christ, because Christ literally said, I want you so bad that I will give up my life to have you. So everything, you guys, Jesus said this, eternal life is that you're in a relationship with God, that you really actually know him personally. So that's why we're talking about prayer, Because prayer, I don't know about you, when you fall in love, you probably talked a lot, right? (laughs) I mean, I remember as a high school kid, back when you didn't have cell phones, and you had the long cord, you know, that I could hide in the living room and just talk to my girlfriend for hours. That's what you do when you're in love with somebody. Prayer is the gift that God has given us to commune with him. And here's how I'm saying, this is what prayer is. It is a mutual sharing of hearts and minds with God. Mutual sharing of your heart and your mind with God so that you actually get to be one with him. Now, last week we established that no relationship is good without trust. And we all know this, you can't have a good relationship without trust. And we talked last week, you can trust though a holy father. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then Jesus comes and says, so when you pray, when you go to actually engage with God, then what you're saying is, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that means what? From last week, that means, Father means he loves you. Listen, he loves you, and he's good. He can't be anything but good. God always gives you good gifts. But he's holy, which means he's right. He's righteous, And I know for me, when I go to God, it's so important for me to believe. If I'm going to trust him, I have to believe that he can't do anything wrong. And then he's almighty in his power. He's matchless. No one can thwart God. And so Jesus said, hey, when you pray, you just remember who you're going to, your Holy Father. He loves you, and he's good, and he's right, and he's powerful, and you can trust him. So now today, we're going to the next two phrases. The next two phrases. Lean not on your own understanding, and your kingdom come, and your will be done. All right? So I actually want to pray for us, okay? So I'm going to go to this loving father who's really good, who's always a right, and who's all-powerful. And I'm going to ask him, because here's what he says. He goes, I love to be with you. He's here with us today. And by the way, I'm also going to throw up a quick prayer, because our 50 middle school kids, we have 50 middle school kids right now on their retreat who are are doing the same thing we're doing, gathering together to hear from God, All right? So let's pray, and let's ask God to meet us here today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, we just want, I just wanna say, man, we are here today because we do trust you. And Jesus, we thank you for revealing to us the goodness of God. And that it is a relationship with him. That it is based on love. And Lord, I just wanna ask out of your love for everyone in this room today, that you might help us in this next phase of this prayer when Jesus taught us how to pray. I just ask God that your spirit would come and help things to make sense today. Help things to be clear today. Help us to know how we can take a step towards you today to be more intimate than we'd have ever been. And God, I also wanna ask for your blessing on our middle school ministry right now. And as they're gathered together, I just pray that those kids would feel nothing but amazing love from you. I pray that you'd be opening up their eyes that at an early age they would grasp what many of us in this room are struggling to believe that you're a really good, good father who's got great plans for them. So Lord, draw them close to yourself. And we look forward now to hearing from you and your word and learning from you today. Teach us, God. Enlighten the eyes of our heart so we can see and understand how we can really, truly be intimate and close with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So here we go. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So if we're gonna have a good relationship with God, we've gotta trust him, talked about that last week, but here's the other thing, you have to lean not on your understanding when it comes to God. So here's what we're saying, when you say, man, God, I want you more than anything. One of the things you have to say is, I actually want your wisdom. I want your wisdom. So one of my favorite things to do um, is premarital counseling. Um, I love my marriage. I love the idea of marriage. I love getting together with people and doing premarital counseling. Now, one of the first things I do is I always have them take the Myers-Briggs personality test. How many of you are are familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test? Okay, many of you are. And I love that because, and here's why I actually have them take it. Because when you enter a marriage, you are entering it with your understanding about what marriage actually should be like. And I love meeting these new couples and sitting down and seeing their understanding of how things are supposed to work. So in the Myers-Briggs, right, you have extroversion and introversion. That's where Susie and I are totally different, right? The extroverts come in and they say, hey, I understand how life works. You got to be with people like all the time. And when you're with people all the time, it just energizes you and we need to be at parties and we need to be with, and then you marry an introvert. And the introvert says, this is how life works. You grab a book and you be really quiet and you might hang out with some people for a little while, but then you hold up. And when those two people get together, it's really, really different. One of the biggest differences I see in the in understanding, and this was, again, a huge one for Susie and I, is I make decisions like this, super quick. Like I, I, That's just how I operate. Strength finders is another one of these deals. My number one strength finder is that, in the moment... So when it's time to make a decision, man, I met you. We've been together like six weeks. Let's get married. Let's do this thing, right? That's why they call me the faster pastor. Let's just get her done. And uh, and my wife is not wired that way. And I see this like in my staff. I see this in my relationship with my wife. Some people like once something is laid out, if they don't have time to think about it and they're forced to make a quick decision, it is super frustrating. And so, but we come with, this is how life works. And then you come in with parenting. And I've shared this before. This is where Susie and I, man, this was our biggest struggle because there's an understanding. This is how you parent your kids. No, this is an understanding about how you do it. I'm telling you, it is frustrating. But as I sit and I watch each couple wrestle down with this, the best part of this whole thing is I just tell them, you guys, in lies the opportunity to love. When your understanding is in conflict with another person's understanding, the way you want life to work is in conflict with another person's way that life should work, I sit there and I go, and now you have a chance to love. Because the Bible tells us what love is. This is what love is. Jesus showed us, he laid down his life. So who's gonna lay down your life? When it gets conflicting, you've got to lay down your life. And that's why mutual submission is the answer to a really good marriage. You say, I care more about you. I want us more than I want me. More than I want my will done, I want to actually be aligned with you. And so you mutually submit to each other. You don't lean on... Lean on your understanding. Now, let's bring that whole concept now to God. Because the Bible says, if you're gonna have a relationship with God, you can't engage with him and lean on your own understanding. Now, here's the thing with God. It's a little bit different. Because when you meet God, it's actually not mutual submission. Do you guys know that? God's not up there going, you know, hey, what do you want? But we like to tell God what we want. We like to try to get God to do it our way. And the funny thing is, we actually enter into a relationship with God and we actually think we know how life works. And so we come to God with all of our plans and this is how it should be because we're leaning on our own understanding. But here's what we got to remember about God. He actually created us and we were made for him. And so if we're gonna actually, if any of us in this room are actually gonna have a shared experience with God in a relationship with him, the first thing you gotta realize is I'm not gonna lean on my understanding of life or what's right. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Now, why do we do that? Because there's not equal understanding. <laughs> there's not. You are praying to an omniscient God. God. Okay, listen to the definition of understanding. It's to interpret or view something in a particular way. And every one of us it views or interprets the world in a certain way. And it's also to perceive the significance, the explanation, or the cause of something. And and that's, as a human being, we're trying to figure out what life is about. And then we come to God and we actually have the audacity to, to tell God the explanation of what's the best thing for us. But he alone actually knows and his ways are not our ways. They are always right. So guys, the first thing, if you are gonna pray, what he's saying is when you pray to God, don't come and tell God how it should be done. Lean not on your own understanding. So what you're saying is, God, I want your wisdom because I want you more than anything. And what I'm really saying is I want us, okay? So then that leads us to the prayer. And that's the second thing, I want your way. When you come to God in prayer, you are literally saying, I want your way. Luke 11:2 says this. He said to them, when you pray, and this is Jesus, say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Now what's a kingdom? What's a kingdom? You know, we don't, we don't live in a kingdom here. A kingdom is a realm. And it's not just a place. It's a rule. It's a certain way. So let me, let me give you an example. A head coach Of any sports team, it's football season. My Lions are gonna get absolutely crushed by the Cowboys. Thanks for wearing that today, appreciate that. Um, So, but here's what happens when a head coach takes over a football team. Well, let's think positively for a second. I moved here in 2003 when Urban Meyer was the coach here, right, and things turned around because why, you talk to anybody, when Urban Meyer came in as the coach, he brought a certain way, this is how it's going to go. Matt Patricia's the head coach for the Lions. Two years ago, he came in, and when he came in, he brought his way. He changed the whole locker room. He changed the eating patterns. He changed the, the practice schedule. He changed everything, and he could do that because he's the head coach. That is a realm. That's a kingdom. And basically, some players hated it, and they wanted out. And then other people loved it. But you couldn't tell the head coach, this is how it's going to be. It's a kingdom. You guys have a kingdom. You're going to go to one tomorrow in your workplace. (laughs) Every workplace has a kingdom. Every workplace has a boss. Every workplace has a way that it's done. And so here's what Jesus says. When you pray, you're coming to God. And you're seeking to be one with him, to align with him, your Holy Father, and you can trust him. And then that's why you say, because you trust him, you could say, God, I want your kingdom to come. You call the shots. I want your way. I want heaven on earth where you are king. So When you're saying, when Jesus is saying, when you pray and you're saying your kingdom come, God, I want your way to be done. The most important thing that you can do when you decide to pray is you've got to know what his kingdom is like. (laughs) And this is where so much of our conflict, I think, and our frustration when we go to pray with God is because, again, we're leaning on our own understanding and we're putting on God what we think is right and how life should work. And God made it really clear, my ways are not your ways. So the, one of the most important things we can do, it's why we gather here on every Sunday and teach from his word, because we want to actually let God tell us what his ways are like. And so let me just a few, few of them. Here's, here's Jesus says, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. So when you go to pray to God, and this was, if you read his disciples, who gets to sit at your right hand and who gets to sit at the left, who gets to be the greatest? And God, and Jesus is like, you just don't get it. My kingdom is completely different. If you wanna be great, then you're the servant of everybody. And then he says this, so you love those who love you? He goes, everybody in the world does that. He goes, you actually, Um, greet your own people? He goes, everybody greets the people who are like them. He goes, in the kingdom of God, you actually love the people who aren't like you. You actually love your enemies. You have justice and compassion for the poor. That's what my kingdom is like. And then we pray to God about our finances because finances are a huge deal. But when you pray to God about your finances, do you actually want his way? Do you want the kingdom of God to actually rule in your finances because God says, here's how it works. It's all mine, okay? So everything you actually own, that's mine. And so I'm asking you right off the bat to just give me 10% back because that's mine and I want that. And then you steward the other 90. See, but when we go to God and we go to prayer and we're talking about our finances, we're like, I don't like that kingdom. I don't like that way. I don't agree with it. And so Jesus is saying, but if you're going to pray to God, you need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. And I'm telling you, it's it's tough to do. But if you want him more than anything, if you say, God, I don't want to be separated from you at all, then what you say is your kingdom come and your will be done. And let's look at that, the third one, I want your will. You're saying, I actually want your will. Luke 11:2 two says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's very similar. But you guys, this is the wrestling. We're gonna actually give you a chance later in the service to wrestle with this. Do you really want to have a shared life with God? Do you really want to share your life With a God who loves you, who can't do anything but love you. Who is the only one who actually knows what is good for you. And that's tough because, again, we like to tell God what we think is right. But he's like, I'm the only holy one. You are so limited in your understanding. Believe me. Trust me. Find out what my way is. Find out what my kingdom is. And then when you come, pray to me and ask for my will to be done in your life. Now, the greatest illustration of this is Jesus Christ himself, Luke twenty-two forty-two, 42. And this is right before he goes to the cross. And this is a really important verse for us if we're gonna understand how to actually pray and ask God to come and for his kingdom. Look at what Jesus says. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Here's what I love about this. Did Jesus want to go to the cross? No. He's wrestling with his father. He's like, father, if, it's, if you are willing, if there's any, in another version says, if there's any other way, I don't wanna do this. So can I just tell you, if you are ever gonna engage with a holy God whose ways aren't your ways, you are gonna pray and you're gonna go to God many times and his way is not gonna be your way. And you need to know that it's okay to wrestle with him. In fact, it's important for you to be super honest with God and say, God, I don't want to do this. You've got to confess to him and let him know your heart. But then Jesus is the one who wrestled it down and he said, I want you more than anything, even more than suffering on the cross. I want never to lose separation with you, Father. So that is the Lord's prayer. When we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you are good and you love me. And because you are, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. I want your wisdom. I want your will. And I want your way. All right? So now, I just wanna actually get super practical. Hey, and Jenny, this is gonna be a little bit different. Just follow me here for a second. I just wanna help you to know how do we do this? Not just that we need to do this, but how do we actually do this, all right? So this is the pathway. I'm gonna do the pathway first, Jenny. The pathway to align with God. How do you and I, when we go to God, actually get ourselves to this first one? Here's the first thing you have to do. (laughs) When God has revealed his way, and it's not in alignment with you or what you want, you've got to confess. Number one, you gotta confess. First John chapter one, verse five and six says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. Okay, let's just keep this up here for a second. This is a really important understanding. If you and I are gonna experience eternal life, if we're actually gonna have a shared life with God, look at what it says. This is the message he heard from, and it means from Jesus, and he's declared to us. God is light, you guys. He is righteous, and so because he's righteous, there is no darkness in him at all. So whenever we find out what God's will is, whether it's about how our love should be and how our relationships should be or how our finances should be or how our sexual life should be or anything at all, With God. When we say to God, I'm going to do the opposite of what you want, you need to know this right here. You can't have fellowship with Him and walk in the darkness. And here's what's crazy I I know every one of us in this room would say, Man, I want God's love. I want God's peace. I want God's joy. I want His strength. I want his wisdom. I want everything that the kingdom of God, the way of God is. I just don't want the king. I want what God brings, but I don't want him to actually tell me how to live my life. And you guys, when that happens, this verse is so important to understand. If you're praying to God, but you are willfully walking in a way that's not in line with his kingdom. That's not his will. God is simply saying, listen, I can't actually have fellowship with that. I can't share in that. And so some of you, you're sitting in here and you're going, man, where's the intimacy with God? And this might be your answer. You're lacking the intimacy or the presence or the closeness or the power of God because you're actually walking in a way that he can't share with you. And so one of the most important things of prayer, if you go to anybody who teaches about prayer, the first thing is you adore him, which is what we did last week. You just praise him for who he is. You've got to remind yourself he's so good. And then the very next thing people will say is, and then you probably need to confess something to him because you want everything that God is. You want to share life with him, and he wants to share his life with you. And so you've got to confess. And then here's the beauty. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, just a few verses later, it says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us. Do you guys know what the word confess means? It's really interesting. It simply means to agree. I agree with you, God. I agree with you that this is not in alignment with your will. And you confess that to him. And by the way, can I speak? I just want a couple practical things on this one. If you know right now that you're not in alignment with God, if you feel like you're far away from God, then agree with him. Just go to him. We're gonna give you a chance later in the service here in a second. Go to God and tell him, I know what I'm doing is not what you want me to do. That's the first thing. You gotta agree with him. <coughs> and I wanna tell you this. It's also super important when you confess to be specific. Be specific. I've shared here this here. I had an incredible experience years ago where I had really done some stuff on Friday night that I should not have been doing. It wasn't this Friday, okay? It was a while ago. And I'll never forget praying, because I used to write out my prayers to God, and I said, God, please forgive me. <coughs> Excuse me. Please forgive me for what I did on Friday. And I immediately had this thought come in my head, and it said, what did you do? And I'm like, you know. And the, and the voice wouldn't stop. What did you do? Be specific. And I'll never forget, man. I wrote down, please forgive me for, and then I was specific. And the pen dropped out of my hands in the weight of what I actually had done against God. Listen, some of you need to know, God this morning wants to come in fellowship with you. And he wants to forgive you for what you've done. He does, it's why he sent Jesus. But when we give you a chance to do that later today, you've got to be specific. Don't just say, God, please forgive me for my sins. No, please forgive me for this. Agree with him that it's wrong. A practice, you guys, I think that is super important. If you're gonna pray, and you're actually gonna have a shared relationship with God, here's a practice that I do almost every day. I ask God two questions every morning. God, is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? And is there anything I didn't do yesterday that you wanted me to do? Give God a chance to answer that question. And if something comes up, then you confess it to him immediately. Immediately. Okay, here's another thing, super important when you confess. Confess the true state of your heart, okay? I'm telling you, all these things I'm giving you guys are things I've had to wrestle down and learn because I I do, man, I love him and I want him and I want to be experiencing a shared experience with him. But you know what's funny? Sometimes I read God's word and I find out what he tells me to do and I don't wanna do it. Anybody else? I don't wanna do it. Can I tell you one of the greatest things you confess to God? Just tell him that. God, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. And here's what you can pray. This is an awesome prayer. God, please help me. Because I want to want to do what you want me to do. I don't even want to do it. And so I I can tell you this right now. When you don't want to do it, I don't usually end up doing it. So God, I want to want to. And you can actually ask God and help him get you to that place. And then the verse says, when you confess all these things to God, if you confess your sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive you. Yeah. So you've got to receive it. You've got to believe it. It's like, God, when I confess this sin to you, I believe you are faithful and just and you forgive me and you cleanse me from all unrighteousness, okay? The number two, really quick, is after you've confessed, then you repent, okay? That's a fun fun Bible word, right? We love the word repent. But seriously, you guys, all repent means is change your mind. Change your mind, that's all it means. So after you agree with God that this is sin, then change, because if you change your mind, you change actually what you do. And look at this verse, repent and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Today, today, eternal life is you sharing your life with God and God sharing his life with you. And if you are not feeling refreshed, if you are not feeling free, if you don't have the peace and the joy of the Lord in your being, There's a good chance that today you need to simply confess to him that I don't want your will, I don't want your kingdom, and I want my own way. But if you do that and you repent and turn to God, he says refreshing can come from him. And then the last thing is you confess, you repent, and then you surrender. And then you surrender. Galatians 5.25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step With the Spirit. We live, we're alive by being in step, in oneness with the Spirit of God. And so if you're not, then today, today, I believe even as we're sitting here, the Holy Spirit could easily be speaking to any one of you in this room and letting you know where you're not in alignment with God. And you have a chance today, confess, repent, and then surrender. And all that means is, you guys, I'm going to get back in step with the Spirit. And I'm going to do the thing that I know God is asking me to do, or I'm going to stop doing the thing that I know He's asking me to stop doing. Why would you do this today? Why? Because I want you, God, more than anything. I want us more than anything. I need you, God. I need your life in me. So I will say, your kingdom come and your will be done. The last thing I wanna say is this. That's the pathway, but there is also a power to aligning with God. There's a power available to you to align with God. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter three. He says, "I." Jesus replied, I assure you, that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Okay, let me just close with this because this is super important. I know this about me. There's nothing in my human nature that actually wants to say yes to God. And I know that about you as well. The truth is, you guys, what Jesus is saying right here is the kingdom of God, which is his way. He goes, you can't enter that. You will never actually want God's way unless you get a new heart inside of you. The human heart doesn't follow God. It just doesn't. And so he's saying, if you're ever even gonna be able to enter, you can't even, I think what Jesus is saying here is I don't think you can actually, or that you will ever genuinely be able to say to God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your way, God. And I want your will to be done in my life. What Jesus is saying is, you will never actually be able to live In God's ways, unless you get a new heart. So what does he say? You have to be washed, God says, without being born of water and the spirit. The water is the cleansing. It's the forgiveness. Some of you right in here, it's like you are so far away from God right now. You just, you know it. And you actually need to be born of the water, You need to turn to God today and confess to him and say, God, I know I haven't been following you. I have not been walking in your ways. I don't even want your ways, but God, my life has fallen apart. And so I'm here at church and I'm saying, I want you. And he's saying, if you will cry out to him and say, please forgive me, then he will cleanse you. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take all of your sin away from you and to wash you clean completely so that you can be forgiven. Now, here's the other thing. Some of you are Christians. You would say you're a Christian. You love Jesus. You say you follow him, but you know you're not. This is when it gets really hard. Because as a follower of Jesus, you need to remember that when you gave your life to Christ, he washed you clean. And when you confess your sins to God, he says what? I forgive you and I cleanse you. So some of you today, to actually have a shared life with God, when you go to pray with him and you confess to him, again, you have to receive the forgiveness so you can actually be reconciled back to God. But then you also have to be born of what? Not just the water, not just forgiveness. You have to be born of his spirit. You guys, Jesus, who in the garden, was sweating, not like me, sweating with drops of blood. That was how much angst he was in when he was saying, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to do this. Jesus is the only one who busted through that every time and said, not my will, but yours. His spirit Jesus Christ literally comes inside you and God says, I give you a new heart. My spirit goes inside of you and the spirit of God is the only spirit that always says yes to God. And so for some of you in this room, maybe this whole God thing has been super frustrating to you because you're like, maybe you're trying. Maybe you're trying to do what's right. You're here at church. I'm trying to do the right thing. God is saying, quit trying, okay? Quit trying and start trusting me. If you really do want me more than anything, then confess your sins to me and let me forgive you and then let me put my spirit inside of you and you will be born again. And the power to actually say yes to God is not in you, but it is In him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You are good and holy. I trust you with all my heart. And I want your kingdom to come. And I want your will to be done. So I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. Okay, the band's gonna come up, you guys, and we're gonna close with giving all of us in this room a chance. Like this first song, you guys, it's a song that we did um, a year or two ago. And it was a theme song for a whole series we did called First, okay? Listen to, listen to the words to this song, the very first thing you're gonna sing here. It says, before I bring my need, which by the way, next week, we're gonna get into actually, okay, we've, we're praising him and now we're confessing, we're getting alignment. Next week, we actually finally get into presenting our requests and how do we go to God? But in this song, it says, before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Before I lift my cares, I will lift my arms and surrender because I want to know you, God. I want to know you. I want to share my life with you. So I'm going to give you my heart. And so here's a chance for all of us today, right now, to just begin a prayerful time. And then later in this worship set, we're actually going to give you a chance to actually pray and confess these things and get alignment, all right? So let's stand together and let's begin just to worship our good, loving, holy, righteous, powerful God and present our lives before him.